0: It's time for the news from Back Home Magazine. Today's news is about building your own solar water heater and using the free heat energy of the sun. Getting hot water for showering, cleaning, and laundry is one of the most important heat energy requirements in any home. And the more hot water you use, the more expensive it gets, whether you have an electric hot water heater or a gas hot water heater there is a time-honored, proven technique for getting free hot water for much of the year while saving money the rest of the year by preheating your regular water supply. These systems are called solar batch hot water systems. A solar batch hot water system is one where one or more tanks or batches of water are heated up directly by the sun with the water right inside the tanks. Instead of building solar panels to heat copper tubes that heat a transfer solution that is electrically pumped to another set of copper tubes that then heats your water, in a solar batch system, the sun simply heats your water in a tank, and then you turn on the tap and use it. The tanks in a batch system are typically 50-gallon new or used electric hot water heaters with glass-lined interiors. These are available from any home supply house new or used from plumbers or salvage yards. Finding used tanks in good condition is not that much of a problem because many tanks are discarded only because the electric heating elements burned out, not because there was anything wrong with the tank itself. How many tanks you'll want will depend on how much water you need, but a rule of thumb is one tank for one or two people and at least two tanks for three or more people. However many tanks, you will need to strip them down to metal by removing the outer skin of sheet metal and then the thin layer of insulation that generally comes wrapped around the inner tank. With a wire brush or sandpaper, clean the outside of the metal tank and paint it flat black for the most efficient absorption of the sun's energy. The next step is to build an insulated reflective box for your tank, and these are usually made from 2x4s, 2x6s, and reflective stiff insulation boards, the type with the aluminum foil surface. The insulation helps hold in the high temperatures of the hot water while the reflective surface inside the box helps direct more sunlight onto the metal tank. The entire box and tank is then mounted into a framework of 2x4s that will hold it at about a 45 degree angle, which is usually the best average for getting the most direct sunlight. The box is then fitted with a clear plastic or tempered glass cover, which allows the short wave high energy of the sun to pass through and heat the tank, but at the same time blocks most of the long wave heat energy from escaping. All that's left is to point your assembly towards the suns to within about 10 degrees either way of true south in a location that gets unobstructed sunlight all day. The simplest plumbing connection is to hook the cold water supply to the tank's inlet and connect the hot water outlet from your solar tank directly to the inlet of your regular hot water heater. This lets the normal water pressure drive the solar batch system without any extra pumps or electricity. More information about solar batch heaters is available from Back Home Magazine at 800-992-2546 or on the web at backhomemagazine.com. The news from Back Home is produced in cooperation with WNCW Spindale, North Carolina, with support from AirCheck, Incorporated on the web at radon.com. Home is published bi-monthly in North Carolina, south of Hendersonville, on West Blue Ridge Road, just east of the old Flat Rock. For all the folks back home, I'm Ryan Doyle. Thanks for listening.
1: Are you ready for the end of the world?
2: <laughs>
1: you are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Wake up! And be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to Your Community Spirit. That's right, Your Community Spirit. This is Ord Energy Mon.
2: And this is Tree Song.
1: And I'm a little slow going this morning, I think my butt's frozen, and
2: <laughs> it's a little chilly out there, although it is about freezing now, so yeah.
1: it's not you can't say "Hey, it's freezing out, yeah,' it's not
2: hey, it's almost freezing outside hey, there you go. You never hear people say that <laughs>
1: so um I was slow going, and I almost forgot the radio show, so I want to thank Sarah for emailing it to me from the yeah. office, so yeah, that's good.
2: And And, emailing it to me, too. I've got it. Yeah,
1: and we are technologically off the grid because we're both going to be reading this from our phones. Yes. (laughs) Because the internet's down. Yeah. So.
2: E.T. phone home.
1: All right. (laughs) So, stuff we want to talk about? Well, the simple fact is this is your community spirit. Yeah. And we like when people send us stuff because it's yours, yeah. It's not our community spirit. Yeah.
2: We're not here to just talk about whatever random things, you know. Yeah, I, we so, are. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got a theme, you know.
1: Oh, what and is it?
2: It's, uh, you know, eco-social, environmental talk and news and community happenings. Wow,
1: that's a big theme. It is. It's like all-encompassing the whole world. Yeah.
2: So there's so many different things you could send us. So send us in your, your stories, and we will share them here on the air.
1: Send them to info at your dot org. And if you go to yourcommunityspirit.org, TreeStong does a really good job of keeping all our back shows there. <laughs> so yeah. if you miss it and you want to hear us again, I don't know, bored, <laughs> need someone to put you to sleep, do, get on there. Yeah. So um, what should we talk about? <laughs> I thought we would straight talk about what you did last weekend. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, I was gonna feign like I didn't know what it was. The ne- the first item is the largest climate march in history. I heard about that.
1: Yeah, it's like <laughs> I heard
2: about it because I was well, there.
1: Well, I apparently Obama didn't hear about it. Yeah. Well, maybe he did, <laughs> but um. So let's go talk about what happened, and then let's talk about what happened. Happened.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, they uh, you know, I went with a group of people uh to the uh, forward on climate climate rally in Washington D.C. It was on last Sunday. Um, we, we got some help getting there from the Sierra Club, and uh, it a van uh, of us went together, and it was it was huge. There were, I've heard different estimates, there were tens of thousands of people.
1: Well, the exciting thing for me was the simple fact that this is the first time the Sierra Club yeah. has ever did civil disobedience.
2: Yeah, the Sierra Club did civil disobedience. For 120 years, they have not done civil disobedience. Right, I mean... But they are so concerned about climate change that they are doing civil disobedience.
1: And what is civil disobedience? Disobedience.
2: It's, you know... It's, Obviously, it's civil. Yeah, it's getting arrested, but in a civil way. It's like... <laughs>
1: How do you get arrested in a civil way?
2: Yeah, well, you say, you know, I'm going to... I'm gonna, It's
1: like, hello, lo- nice officer. Arrest yeah. me, please.
2: <laughs> yeah, and these probably were kind of scripted like that. Sometimes it's a little bit more ruckus, you know, but... Uh, it's basically, you know, saying we disagree with what's going on, so we are going to violate the law in order to uh, resist what is happening.
1: But, I mean, isn't the whole... Point of our country is, I mean, that's how our country was founded on civil disobedience. Yeah, and sometimes not so civil, but huh. that was the how our country started.
2: Yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot of civil disobedience, and it's made a lot of positive change in this this country. The uh, civil rights movement, women's rights movement, d- previous environmental movements. It's it's a way of saying that you know it's one thing to talk and say you know let's do something differently. That's one stage. Another stage is to actually. Uh, actively resist in various ways.
1: And so wh- why were you resisting?
2: Well, there were a lot of speakers there to talk about what's going on with the climate. I was impressed with the diversity of all of the speakers, uh, lots of different perspectives on climate change. Uh, there was a uh, First Nations group, uh, the same group that just signed a treaty to, uh, to support each other in opposing Keystone XL. Um, Which is? Uh, Keystone XL is the pipeline that is taking the tar sands from Canada through the U.S. to the Gulf of Mexico. Well,
1: that sounds wonderful. We need more tar sands in the Gulf of Mexico.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's not enough oil in the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, it seems
1: like, <laughs> why would anybody oppose that?
2: Yeah, we gotta get a pipeline straight down there. You know, it's because of the carbon emissions. Uh, we have, we, the 350.org is one of the participating organizations in this. And 350 is the, uh, the parts per million of carbon, and carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. No, and that's not. That's the the goal. Right? Because right now it's like 400. Right now it's it's yeah it's hitting 400 now. When they started, it was slightly over 350. Now it's it's like around 400, and that means that we're going to experience increased warming, which in turn will destabilize the climate, more extreme storms like uh, Hurricane Sandy, more wildfires and droughts like the big drought we experienced here last year. There's you, you can't be sure that any one particular event is purely caused by climate change.
1: Well, because I mean that's that is what's the difference between weather and climate?
2: Yeah, because weather, weather is
1: local. Yeah, it's and local. It
2: varies from day to day, year to year. Climate is long-term trends. The analogy that I like is like a baseball player who takes steroids. You know, you can't prove that the one home run that they hit was by the steroids but the fact that they hit like hundreds of home runs that year <laughs> is because of the
1: steroids
2: okay so we we are putting our climate on steroids and it is going on a rampage and we might want to reconsider that behavior yes. <laughs> but, so that's why i and 40,000 other people went and marched to washington city i it took a long time i <laughs> Stood at the front, One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. It's like,
1: as everybody came in, I'm sure some people snuck into the party. And oh, you yeah. didn't know how many. Some
2: people snuck in. That's why we can't be sure. Yeah, it's just like... They're sneaky. Yeah, so... Yeah.
1: Um, What do you think was the worst part of the trip?
2: Um, Let's see. The worst part was probably, I mean, for me, it wasn't too bad, but the worst part was probably the cold. Um well, there are two worst parts of the party. Okay. Well, during come and it after. wasn't
1: too bad for you. You're like a s- scrawny. I mean. Yeah, well,
2: it's, it's cause I'm, I've been doing all that jogging and I've gotten my body heat built up. Okay. I was really bundled up and.
1: You were prepared.
2: Yeah, I was prepared. Uh, yeah. Always be prepared. <laughs> my, my fingers got cold because I had fingerless gloves so I would be able to still text while I was out <laughs> marching. <laughs>
1: That's horrible. It's like you were freezing so you could text.
2: Yeah. Well I had to do my updates so people would know, you know, that I was marching. It's just like Yeah. But yeah. For other people though, you know, there were some people who were really cold who had like hand warmers and you know were just just freezing. You know, I, I really got cold. Actually, when I went in and came back outside, I got really cold because yeah. my body started to relax. And then I went back outside and I was shivering. <laughs> I didn't shiver through the whole march, but then not even
1: with excitement.
2: Yeah, well, maybe a little with excitement. You know, it was really the speakers were really moving. Like, you know, I they did move me emotionally, like bring me to tears. Some of the stuff they were talking about, because every, you know, every person in the world has some relationship to climate change. It's going to affect them. You know, the uh, indigenous people of the Americas. Why are you saying them instead of us? It's going to affect us. <laughs> See? Well, because I was thinking of the speakers. You know. Oh, okay. But like the. Uh, they were talking about uh, the pipeline going through their lands and how it's destroying their lands. And other speakers were talking about children. There was one, one speaker who had his uh, four-month-old child there, and they said it was the youngest activist there. And so they made a resolution that 50 years from now, when that child is an adult and is coming back here on the 50th anniversary, that there will still be a livable planet for them to live on.
1: I would hope so. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> That's the goal.
1: So... All right. Have you heard about this alleged cop killer?
2: Oh, yeah, I have.
1: Now, Occupy L.A. has several news stations after them for postings on their Facebook page that appear to support alleged cop killer Christopher Donner. Donner was killed, though it is unknown how or by whom, in a cabin surrounded by police which burned dramatically on television. Now, I thought thought it was really interesting. This is the first that I know of, you know, alleged serial killer Mm. who was hunted down and killed. Yeah. Every other serial killer was hunted down and captured and tried. Yeah. But every other serial killer was white. Yeah. So I was wondering um, if, you know, if this was you know, in any way racially motivated.
2: Yeah, there's well, a lot of controversy going on about it because there is there is the concern, was it racially motivated? There is the concern that, like, you know, some people say because he was a ex-police officer, they were more afraid of him, you know, in terms of his response to their raid.
1: Well, they I mean, he clearly stated that he knew all, all their processes. Yeah. And so, of course, they were afraid. I mean, yeah. and they were... He was killing them back I yeah
2: mean, yeah because he did I well, allegedly yeah I mean. allegedly yeah allegedly i i they, he did shoot numerous officers in process right. so it's going to take a long time to investigate to research but um
1: but they're supposed to do that in a trial
2: yeah they're supposed to in a trial
1: but they were that scared that they decided to just blow him to smithereens
2: yeah yeah and one of the arguments i've heard about that's not not to occupy la directly but through other sources is that one thing they could have done is taken a long time. You know, you've got this standoff situation, so you've got well, a lot of danger. That's
1: normal process. Yeah.
2: If you sit, take a long time, set up a perimeter, try to, like, you could do anything from, like, try to use tear gas. Or, but
1: see, the, he knew all those processes. Yeah. <laughs> and they were afraid to use the standard processes. Yeah. Because he knew them all. Because he knew
2: them, yeah. but so so. there's... Yeah, there's that. That's the two sides. The the one side says that. The other side says, well, to a certain degree, how can you like outsmart tear gas? You know, yeah. <laughs> like there's only so much, even knowing the processes that you can do.
1: Now the thing is, is he knew all the processes. He could still be alive. Yeah, because it just got. They don't know. I mean, the police are the first ones to know that we didn't blow him up. Yeah, you know, we don't know how it happened. So he could have set a you know a trap, and he's out there somewhere. Yeah, still. it could
2: be somebody else. Yeah, that's one contention too, is wanting to be sure they've identified for sure who it is. Because yeah. there was, I heard about you know there was an ID next to the body, and they're saying, well, why is they how is like- an ID
1: survived, but like everything else <laughs> <Yeah>. burned up? <laughs> yeah. IDs are plastic.
2: There are lots of strange things about it, and they really need they really need to investigate, especially because the guy died in the arrest, you know, and because he. It's a big concern because he was also making criticisms of the police, you know. Very
1: deep, long-standing criticism. Yeah. So there's. Over years. Yeah.
2: So there's motivations for the police to, you know, attack in, in retribution. But there's also motivations for them to be very careful to not get in trouble for doing that. Right. It's complicated. So I, I do, I do support people calling for more investigation and answers because we, we need to get as much investigation into this as possible, like, also into his claims, because I heard of censorship of his claims, you know. And if, if, even if they're not true, that why is there a need to censor what he's saying, you know? As soon
1: as you start censoring something, people get all pissed yeah, off.
2: Yeah, it makes you suspicious, you know. Yeah. I mean, if, if you want to try to, like, black out a few names and have, like, specific reasons why you need to do that for privacy, then maybe, you know, I could see something like that, but, Having the document available in some form to outside of you is very important. So hopefully they're doing that.
1: So we did a good job of talking about how good you thought the climate rally. Uh, Yeah. While protesters surrounded the White House, Obama was out golfing with oil executives. (laughs) Excuse me? When some 35,000 protesters descended on Washington, D.C. on Sunday, they hoped to send a message to President Obama kill the Keystone XL pipeline, show some real leadership on the climate. From the mall to the White House, they marched, hoping that Obama would see the crowd and read the signs and be moved. But Obama wasn't there to see the crowd. He wasn't in the White House. He was in Florida, playing a round of golf with two directors of Western Gas Holdings, a subsidiary of Anna Darko. Anadarko? Yeah. (laughs) It's like Anadarko Petroleum. Yeah. Oh, that's, I don't know. It's like
2: something out of fiction. (laughs) It's like,
1: um, who focus on natural gas fracking. From the Huffington Post, which broke the story, Obama has not shied away from supporting domestic drilling, especially for relatively clean natural gas. But in his most recent State of the Union speech, he stressed the urgency of addressing climate change by weaning the country and the world from the dependence on carbon-based fuels. Now, didn't he say that in his first State of the Union? (laughs) Yeah. So he just said the same thing and, oh, okay, that'll make everything okay. Yeah.
2: Well, see, that's a nice little trick there. Gradually stop talking about something, people get upset, and then talk about it again. and Oh, yay, he discovered climate change.
1: So in his (laughs) first guy's weekend, away (laughs) since he was re-elected... The president chooses to spend his free time with a couple of (laughs) leading figures in the Texas oil and gas industry.
2: Yeah. Huh. See I hope I hope they'll back when Bush was president they had this song called Vacation where they had a montage of Bush on all his vacations. I hope they find some video of this trip he had with them and play the vacation song.
1: Well for me the weirdest thing is is they went to the Floridian Yacht and Golf Club mm-hmm. which is owned by this oil executive.
2: Yeah. So he just... literally
1: went to you know, the home. Yeah. I mean, you know. He went
2: to their home, he, he presu- I mean, this is just a formality, but he presumably paid them money to like go like on their golf course, you know. And then he hangs out with them on their home turf while 40,000 of us are in D.C. Because I remember thinking that, looking at the White House, because we were clo- we were right at the edge of the White House, you know. And I remember thinking, I wonder if he's in there. I wonder if he's enjoying a quiet weekend with uh, Michelle, you know, right. and just trying to pretend the protest isn't happening. But no.
1: Of course, environmental organizations responded as you might expect. <laughs> um, there's an old adage that you're as good as the company you keep. <laughs> yeah. So,
2: See, one of my, I will say this, I do try to, presents diverse perspectives you know one of my friends said that you know they think that obama was well aware of what he was doing and was trying to negotiate with the oil people and try to like work with them to reduce things but i'm very skeptical Do you of know
1: anybody who plays golf <laughs> when you play golf you don't talk you don't talk you just so i mean it's <laughs> it's literally there was you know very little talking going on yeah it was literally you know he got invited to an oil executive's place.
2: Yeah, and he went for it. And right? he went.
1: I mean, yeah. that says a lot. It does. You know, so.
2: And I think that it's the time for, for action on climate change, not the time for hanging out with oil execs to ask them to pollute a little less. Yeah. <laughs> Because I don't think, I mean, what, what positive thing could he tell them? Could he say, you know, could you please find another industry to to work in? You know, could you close down your company well, and I become mean, a solar could company? he just be saying,
1: <laughs> okay, we'll continue to give you $8 billion in subsidies.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's probably you know? about what he was saying. You, you know, know, it's they, just like, oh. You know, they invited I mean, him there. They're like, we, we heard about this climate rally. We're kind of scared. And he's like, no, it's okay. You, you're going to still get your subsidies. Yeah, they're yeah. like, all right. And they play some golf. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> have a few beers. I mean, he didn't,
1: they didn't even have to say that. <laughs> Just, Just the simple fact that you yeah. went and hung out with them is like, yeah, we're still buddies, yeah. even <laughs> though this other stuff's happening. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, that might be the case, but fortunately, there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of pressure on the politicians yeah. to change. And a lot of politicians are working on changing things.
2: Yeah.
1: So, now, quietly, Something else is changing. Are plug-in cars selling badly compared to what? Electric cars are actually selling rather well. Does that sound controversial? It's something that I've been reading about for a while in many different articles, but it's worth repeating because it seems like these days every other article about plug-in vehicles is about how they're not doing well. Um... I guess that's only right if you have unreasonable expectations. So, if you would like to read the article about how well plug-in vehicles and electric cars are doing. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a marathon. It's steadily the sales are increasing. It's yeah. not like the sprint where wham they take over the whole market. Yeah. If well, they actually did that, <laughs> the whole car industry would fall apart. Yeah, it would because they can
2: produce it as quickly. Right. Yeah. Well that's one of the whole spin things that they do. is like saying, well, electric cars aren't currently selling as much as non-electric, so therefore there must be a problem. Like yep. that's not necessarily true.
1: So we're gonna have to get into happenings and events, but yes. I really would love to send you this article called Nine Amazing Teenagers Innovating in Clean Tech. Yeah. And I mean You've heard about the people uh, the teenagers from Africa who figured out how to make electricity from pee? Yeah. <laughs> um Of course there was the article from the the teenager who um harnessed the wind. He made yeah. and um I think he's going to Harvard now. <laughs> that was like when he was like 14 years old. Um
2: Yeah. Let's see. There's another one turning plastic waste into biofuel. Uh Using tech for managing human wildlife conflict. There's all sorts of good stuff, you know. This this motivates and, and inspires me. I mean, me, most you know? of
1: it is like very low tech using high tech stuff. Yeah, if that makes sense, you know, finding scraps of uh, you know a radio and yeah. cobbling together a new product.
2: Yeah, really, um, it's kind of, it's kind of like in a way it's kind of like permaculture because you take the existing materials that are already there and put them together in new ways, you know it's just basically innovative design in general like using your resources on hand rather than
1: i still like the 14 and 15 year old girls that in in you know in uh, lagos who did the pee generator
2: yeah <laughs>
1: i was just like um the put urine in electrolyte cell to separate the hydrogen and then purifying pressurizing drying the hydrogen and then using the hydrogen gas in a generator yeah so i mean it just Cleaning up car emissions with algae. These are all great, great articles. Those were just like five of them. Yeah. Um, if you would like to receive this, please send me an email, info at yourcommunityspirit.org. We better get into the happenings.
2: Yeah, happenings.
1: It's like um, right now is the 11 days uh, for food justice. Yes. Um, go to nonviolentcarbondale.org to see the complete list of over 30 events. You know, and also right now is happening is the Big Muddy Film Festival.
2: Yeah. So there's two big series going on at right. once here. Yeah.
1: So go to Big Muddy Film Festival, I think, dot org. Yeah. All right. Today happens to be single tasking day. I think I did the radio show. I don't think I can do any more today.
2: <laughs> so yeah. Like, well, as long as you're not doing the radio show and doing something else at the same time, you can do it. Oh, I see. I thought it was just
1: do one task a day. Yeah. You know, I was just like, psh- There's no way I can do more than one today. Yeah. So,
2: Let's see. Coming up, uh, oh, yeah, I remember this one, Inconvenience Yourself Day coming up tomorrow. That's when you do something a little bit inconvenient for yourself that helps someone else as a way of demonstrating your care for other people.
1: Well, next Friday is National Pig Day, so I don't (laughs) know know, if you can wait that long.
2: Yeah. Oh, and speaking of teens and science, we've got Introduce a Girl to Engineering Day. Uh, That's very important because historically uh, young women have not been introduced as much to the sciences. So we're trying to counteract that trend.
1: All right. Community events. Yes. (laughs) We have a regular series at Gaia House. Soul Talk Sundays at 3. Sounds like an interesting event. At Gaia House Wednesdays. At 6 p.m., the Gaia House Cooking Club. This week's theme is Deliberate Density. Um, make vegan gumbo, veggie burgers in a mushroom gravy, beer bread, and a lemon meringue pie.
2: <laughs> Sounds exciting.
1: Wow. <laughs> you get to learn how to make the recipe and cook, and importantly, you get to eat what you cooked.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah.
1: So um, that's actually part of the Be the Change series and the 11 Days of Food for food justice.
2: Yeah. People <laughs> want
1: to say of uh, food
2: justice. Yeah, I kept, I kept saying of two, but it's for, because we want more than just 11 days of food justice. We want 11 days for food justice. There you go. So that we can have a whole year of food justice. But yeah, coming. speaking of Be the Change and food justice, we've got uh, the changing climate of agriculture and food.
1: Now, the funny thing is, is that had to be rescheduled because of the weather. <laughs> yeah.
2: The climate change presentation has been rescheduled because of extreme weather. <laughs> that's uh, That's life for you, folks. That's... That's reality. But so it's it was coming supposed up, to be yesterday. It was supposed to be yesterday. Now it's going to be next Thursday at 5 p.m. at Guy House Interfaith Center.
1: How will climate change affect our food supply? How do our eating habits impact the future climate? Sounds intense. So next Thursday at Guy House. Yes. All right. Tonight, as part of the food justice month at Guy House, and also the 11 days of food justice in Carbondale, the Guy House Cooking Club and the Rice and Spice International Slow Food Dinners will both explore questions of food justice. Tonight is American Muslim goodness. Yes. If you've ever ate any of Henry's food, um, he figures out ways to make very good food using very basic stuff. It's like, I would say, you know, almost soul food, but with a healthier, you know, there's not, um, bacon and lard and everything. Hmm. Um, I don't think it's in any of it actually. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you know, just taking traditional, um, American food and simplifying it and making it taste oh so good. Uh-huh. So.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Now let's see. I don't see the announcement for this one, but also as part of the Food Justice Week coming up at Guy House on Saturday, there's a gardening workshop. It's Saturday, I believe, at two in the afternoon. Um, it's going to be a gardening workshop sponsored by Logic, the uh, local organic gardening initiative of Carbondale. There you go. And they're going to teach all about different aspects of gardening, ecological gardening.
1: Yeah, we. I actually didn't put very many things of the 11 days for food justice. Um,
2: yeah, start. they're all on non It started
1: yesterday, or did it start Wednesday?
2: Uh, well, it's going to start, th- well, yeah, it- Thursday is the official start of it. Okay, but then- so
1: it started yesterday, and yeah. it goes till March 3rd. Yeah. Multiple community events. Go to nonviolentcarbondale.org to see the very detailed long list of things. Yes. One of them is tomorrow, the Winter Farmers Market. A lot of vegetables, um, a lot of different vendors. And then the Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois will sponsor a presentation next Monday. Did You Eat Today? Harvesting Justice with Farm Workers. That's on Monday, February 25th at 7 p.m. at Xavier Hall, which is in the St. Francis Xavier Catholic Church.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, again, part of the 11 days for food justice.
2: Sounds like a delicious harvest. Harvesting justice.
1: There you go. <laughs> so anything else? You want to mention? Let's see. There's a lot of happenings.
2: Yeah, it's a happening town. If you want the newsletter, it's info at yourcommunityspirit.org.
1: And we will see you again on the radio. How do you see someone on the radio? Oh, <laughs> uh, we have I magic- say that joke a lot, yeah. <laughs> and nobody gets it. So finally, I was have to say, like, yeah. How do I see you on the radio? We've
2: got magic radio powers. As you're listening, we get to see you. All right. and do you get to see us?
1: We will see you again on the radio next week because we do this weekly. Yes. Because there's so many things that are happening, we have to be the happening guys. Yes. If you like what we do, please send kudos and complaints, <laughs> we, I'm sure. We would like to have a dialogue with our listeners. Yes. I think someone listens. Somebody's out there. I'm sure of it. Okay. Please let us know because we don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah. We're in a little room here. We're not sure. There's, there's kind of sunlight outside, but it's like, we don't know. <laughs>
1: send us an email info at your dot org. We will see you again. I think.
2: Yes. Have fun out there.